Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and today I'll be joined with the lovely Dr. Joy Kong. And uh, she shares with us um, her journey on how she became a regenerative medicine specialist in the fields of anti-aging, stem cell therapy. What is that? Um, So she um, chronicles um, her professional career, um, how she got into it, what are the applications of stem cell therapy, regenerative medicine, and basically where are we going um, and how does it play a role in our healthcare uh, landscape? So you don't want to miss this and definitely stay tuned. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, and you've chosen to share your precious moments with us today, and I'm very, very grateful. So with today's guests, I am happy, happy to share with you this awesome individual. Her name is Dr. Joy Kong, and she is a UCLA-trained triple board-certified physician in the realms of anti-aging, stem cell. Uh, she's also a stem cell specialist. She's an educator and a CEO. Uh, she's the founder of Thea Center for Regenerative Medicine in California. She focuses her efforts on the prevention of aging, as well as chronic diseases that no one else has been able to heal. Dr. Kong believes that complete healing can only come from looking at the whole person. Love it. Uh, mind, body, and soul, this has allowed her to address the root causes of health issues and lead her patients to fuller, more vibrant lives. Love it. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Joy. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Dr. Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much uh, for being here with us. Um, you know, I was perusing through your website. We don't know each other offline, but you know, you do so many, uh, so many uh, great uh, things. You have a very impressive resume. So I really appreciate you taking the time out and joining with us uh, for today's episode. Oh, I'm so appreciative of the opportunity. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> awesome. So um, this is very, very interesting. Um, you know, I think we were talking a little bit offline and I haven't really had a, a guest that specializes or is a expert in regenerative medicine. And uh, I'm super stoked. And I'm sure a lot of audiences, you know, you know, when you look at media, you look at the checkout line, you look at, you know, any commercial, any cover, right? Um, probably more predominant for females than male. Um, there's always some thing on, you know, how to live younger, how to prevent, uh, you know, I don't know, dying, (laughs) uh, how to live longer, (laughs) you know, things like that, right? We always want to, you know, uh, you know, in a way kind of optimize in that 
sense of the word, not just for wellness, which we talk about a lot here, but, you know, what are the different facets of living longer, age gracefully, you know, things like that. And, you know, this uh, episode, which we're going to get into, um, you know, seems like we're going to really dwell in it. And so I'm really glad that you're here. But before we go into that, I like to ask my guests the origin question, how you got from point A to point B. And how did your journey first start off um, towards uh, regenerative medicine? <laughs> it's been a long journey because uh, we just mentioned briefly, I spent my first 20 years in China. Um, so in Beijing on this um, science tech and technology university. So I've always loved science and medicine was really um, it, it, it was sort of uh, there's a dichotomy of Western medicine and Eastern medicine. Both are used and kind of without discrimination. So I grew up with the idea that sometimes Western medicine works better, sometimes Eastern medicine better. No one is superior, but one is superior in some aspects, especially I understood for chronic conditions that Eastern medicine is able to look at the body as a very complex whole. And that has achieved better results uh, in these chronic conditions. Um, so that's what I came with when I came to the US. And when I decided to study medicine, I ended up got sidetracked because I've always been fascinated by the brain. So I got into psychiatry. And so I ended up doing psychiatry for 11 years. That's including residency. So I saw lots and lots of patients. Um, of course, there's psychotherapy involved. There's a lot of medications involved. But one missing piece was looking at the body as a complex whole. We're just focusing on the brain and the brain as if the brain is floating in midair <laughs> connected with the body, maybe with a little thyroid that's hanging in the middle. Maybe with a thyroid. Can't forget yeah, the thyroid. We, we check the thyroid, just a TSH. Never mind. It's so much more complex. TSH is okay. Your thyroid is fine. Then we'll bombard your brain with drugs. So that yeah. was the approach. Um, so after doing that for that many years, even though I helped a lot of people, but I knew I was not fundamentally healing them to the point where I should have, I could have made them so much better. And that's when I encountered anti-aging medicine, which to me is almost like a great marriage between Eastern and Western medicine, because you're using the methods or the kind of philosophical ideas of how complex the body is. You're looking at all these factors and you're also investigating some old therapies but then you're using the new scientific language to explain why things may work and how they work. So, so that was one way for me to integrate it too. Um, so to me, that was, okay, that's it. That finally I found, found something that I can, I, you know, I can be excited about. And stem cell therapy is part of anti-aging medicine. That was right away was introduced. And of course I was excited about stem cell therapy, not because, you know, we were taught very much in medical school about stem cell therapy. Right. I think they mentioned what stem cells are, and that's about it. It talked about embryonic stem cells, and really, there's nothing much more. So I still thought that it was all in experimental stage, um, that mm -hmm. people were just doing, doing research, that there was nothing that could be applied uh, clinically until I met this doctor who treated this young boy with mm -hmm. autism using umbilical cord blood stem cells. And this young boy just flourished with all mm -hmm. these incredible changes in behavior in cognition, um, you know, in sociability, speech, 
um, it was it was profound because me having been in psychiatry, I did not like treating autistic kids because mm. I felt all the doctors who were training me, they were just throwing drugs to to sedate the kids, mm. right? To calm them down, to just make sure they don't cause any trouble. And there was nothing that was fundamentally improving the function of these kids. So it was very depressing. But then seeing a simple stem cell infusion causing these drastic improvements in so many aspects of this boy's life, um, that was incredible because I knew stem cells can be very powerful. But mm -hmm. if they don't work in real life, it's not worth anything. But to actually see it changing people's lives. So that's yeah. when I thought, okay, I need to learn everything about this. And then, then <laughs> I just went down a rabbit hole. So the rest is <laughs> That's awesome. So I definitely hear that. And I hear that a lot. Um, you know, going back, let's go back to the beginning where you said that you're in psychiatry, you spent 11 years there. And you know, you looked at medicine from just the head up, right. Um, and I find that you know, when I entered into medicine and I decided, okay, you know, there was two pathways, right? For me in my head, either, you know, you like to talk to the patient, right? Um, and practice medicine, or you like cutting things <laughs> and, and being in the <laughs> operating room. There was only two roads, right? And I just felt that, uh, you know, I just enjoyed the rapport, right? And uh, so I went down the medicine. And then when medicine, that, that road, you know, juncture came by, you're just inundated with so many different pathways of where to go, right? And so my mother, she's a uh, you know practicing you know Chinese medical doctor. She's been doing Chinese medicine, acupuncture for decades, and uh, you know similarly to what you were saying, very very holistic, preventative, um, you know very holistic approach. So it was a very um, it was a hard dichotomy to kind of get over, you know, when you see so many different branches of medicine. And then you're looking at it as if, hmm, you know, every specialist is very good at what we're, you know, what they do. And as a primary care physician, you know, you, you know, your limitations of what you know, and, you know, I'm okay with either referring um, or handling off to someone else that can go deeper. But at the end of the day, when I took a step back, it almost seemed like they were a lot of different puzzle pieces and they were not putting, you know, all together into a big jigsaw puzzle to be able to see the complete picture. So I say all that to say to kind of comment on what you're saying, how it is important to look at, you know, things, um, you know, in a complete picture be able to integrate all these different puzzle pieces. So that's, you know, awesome that, you know, you were able to kind of, you know, take a step, step aside um, and, you know, do that pathway. Um, how did the mentor, it sounded like a mentor, um, you know, uh, in terms of regenerative medicine, how did that uh, come about? You know, was it a chance meeting or was it, you know, uh, really resulted in you looking for a different pathway because of your, you know, kind of like dissatisfaction of, you know, the conventional side of medicine? Um, so the first person that showed me the result about stem cell therapy, that was kind of my introductory. So I wouldn't call him a mentor because, you know, he was just excited clinician that was using the product and was getting good results. And, um, and what I thought was going to be a mentor 
and, and, and quickly I kind of outgrew this person because mm -hmm. I realized he had not really read that many articles, but he's able to make everything sound really interesting. And this, this mm -hmm. comes to the whole side of um, uh, regenerative medicine that, that gets, that, that gets bad rep because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who are in it for the business, for the money and not paying, you know, as much attention to the science and to making sure that they're produ producing something that's the best for patients so that I got disillusioned. So first of all, this one person who I thought could be my mentor and quickly I realized he wasn't very, very well read. And uh, so I thought, uh, okay, so I guess I'd, I'm on my own. I need to mm. figure things out myself. So let me just, let me read, let, let me try to answer all these questions I have in my head, which include what are these stem cells? How do they become these different lineage, lineages? And how do these different lineages, you know, exert different benefits? And why are we picking a particular lineage to use for therapy? So all mm. these questions, you know, I needed to answer them myself. Um, mm. And that's when I just read and read and read. I just spent a lot of time on the couch and reading. <laughs> um, and, um, and the good thing is that gradually, you know, things are becoming more clear including, you know, what stem cells do I choose? There's so many different sources. I can choose to use cells from a person's own bone marrow or own fat. There's, you know, people using menstrual blood and there are people who are using animal sources and, um, and there's birth tissue sources, right? And of course mm -hmm. there's embryonic uh, source and fetal source, which we don't use in this, in this country. But, you know, when it, when it comes to Legal and ethical is either using a person's own or using birth tissue, which are, you know, usually discarded after the baby is born, you know, healthy mm -hmm. baby is born. So, yeah. so I ended up um, just really collecting all the information I could find so I could convince myself what I'm going to choose to use for patients, what will be the most effective source and what will be the safest for patients. So mm. that was the first question I had to answer. And then of course I wanted to collect all the data on, on the evidence for different conditions. What sure. have research shown? Has this been helpful? What about autoimmune disease? What about neurological condition? What about dermatological conditions? So because mm. people keep coming to me also, doctor, I have this, do you think stem cells can help me? And that, that will be my great opportunity. Cause I, I love these is almost like vignettes, right? I, I remember <laughs> loving vignettes because that gets me my attention, you know, like now I'm excited. I'm yeah. trying to answer a question. So if somebody asks me a question, all of a sudden I'm a lot more excited to find the answers. So that's how I just kept accumulating, accumulating all this information and all these articles and eventually I realized I have so much material that I really should share with other providers. And that's when I founded American Academy of Integrative Cell Therapy. I started teaching um, training courses, fundamentals of stem cell practice. Now it's online. Um, so we do offer doctors certificates. And so that's that's kind of my contribution to help spread the knowledge. <laughs> Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay, so before you go any further, let's go back to the basics, um, just to orient the audience a little bit. So describe, um, if you can, um, you know, what is stem cell, you know, therapy, right? How is it? Uh, what is the role of it in terms of healing and repair? And I guess, you know, what, what is it not, you know, so just to kind of, you know, orient the, the audience? 
I think when stem cells first came about, when we found out that there are stem cells in the body, because the people used to think that they didn't think there were stem, they didn't know what stem cells was. And then they realized, oh, bone marrow, I guess there's stem cells in it. And then they realized, oh, I guess there's stem cells everywhere. So of course, the first, you know, embryonic, uh, the, the fertilized egg, that's a stem cell. And then you have all these other stem cells that's in the embryo. But then they thought in adult body, there's no more stem cells. So after we discovered there are stem cells, but then there are also all kinds of stem cells. So what do you, what can you utilize? Um, initially, people think, oh, great, now we've got stem cells. So, so we can let them differentiate so we can replace the tissue of, mm -hmm. you know, a particular tissue. So create new cells in that tissue. And then in the last 15 years or so, research has been pretty resounding in that understanding the stem cells are changing the environment of the body and they are sending the body the right signals so your own body can regenerate because mm -hmm. you do have tissue-specific stem cells. Um, they, they, they do decline with age, but still you have a lot of them. But a lot of them are just lying dormant. So let's say you injured your cartilage um, in your knee and it, it's inflamed Everything just sits there, you're in pain, and nothing is moving anywhere. But if you give it the right signals, these stem cells can calm the inflammation and then not only bring the immune system to remove these damaged cells, but also talk to the local cartilage progenitor cells and telling them, hey, it's your time to divide and produce new cartilage. And then you can have cartilage regeneration. So it's about this kind of uh, conducting the symphony of regeneration mm. that you're telling mm. you're changing the environment and you're bringing different, different, you know, troops from different parts of the body and then giving the right directions, you know, sending the right orders so your body can regenerate. So I think this is, um, you know, in the last probably 10 years or so, it's becoming more and more evident that is the main benefit of what we're doing with stem cell therapy. Not that stem cell therapy is not gonna progress. We're still at the beginning stage of stem cell therapy, but as far as what we're using right now, that's where we're at. We can certainly you know, use embryonic stem cells or, or other early stem cells, or even getting your skin cells to revert them back to, uh, to pluripotent state and make them differentiate into particular cell type. But mm -hmm. that is sometime down the line. You know, We're, we're mm -hmm. not there yet. But I think mm. eventually we're going to get there. But from what we have, we are looking at this coordinating, this signaling effect of the cells. So that's very interesting. So in terms of the signal, um, does it come from an external um, outside of the body? Or is it something that we have to kind of manipulate within the body in order to, to signal these cells to turn on per se? Well, I think as our body gets older, it gets more and more inflamed. So a lot of the the, the signaling pathways are are shut down or muted. So mm. these young stem cells, which I I I prefer, you know, you, a person can use a person's own fat or bone marrow derived stem cells, but as the person gets older and older, they're going to be less and less effective. They're they're just going to lose potency, and they also have higher chance of promoting cancer growth. But the younger cells are much more potent and safer. And they can actually change the environment of your body, they emit these signals. So they're mm -hmm. full of inf information, right? These are, mm -hmm. these are young, 
life-giving forms that has these fresh new DNA, right? Fresh new mm -hmm. mitochondria. Everything is fresh. They're ready to work. So the mm. signal comes from them. Not that other signals in your body doesn't count, right? We we still need the right hormones, the right vitamins, the, the right microbiome. All those other signals are important. But if you don't have the engine to mm -hmm. make you regenerate, to, to modulate your environment, to make it less inflammatory, then you're going to be stuck. Um, mm. I've, I'm a big fan of functional medicine, you know, anti-aging medicine, of course, um, because there are so many ways you can optimize the body, but you can't forget about stem cells because that is the engine of the body. Because mm. no matter how much damage I do to, to you, right, your, your body, you know, the environment insult, you know, or, or injury, if not, I have enough stem cells, then I can replace the damage and I'm whole again, right? I'm new again. But if you don't have enough stem cells, then all the damage is going to stay. So you want to amplify the engine that's in your body. And that's why stem cells are so revolutionary, because it can upgrade your engine. Mm -hmm. So a couple of other questions that came to mind is what, what determines, um, in terms of a stem cell, what causes it to decrease? Or uh, what type of factors, whether it's extrinsic or intrinsic, um, that kind of blocks the signals, you know, for these stem cells to heal and repair from, from your clinical experience and, you know, from what you've gathered so far? Yeah. So, um, you know, life is about attrition. So it's about growth, but then there's also about death. Um, there's no cell that lives forever. Um, so the mesenchymal stem cell, which is the probably the most sought after cell type right now is, is considered the, the holy grail right now in stem cell therapy. So these are signaling cells um, that are throughout your body. So anywhere you have blood supply mm -hmm. along the blood vessels, there are these mesenchymal stem cells. So they're just waiting. They're sensing what's going through the blood. They're having their pulses on the, the, the neighboring, you know, in the environment. So they're, they're, they're figuring out what's, what's needed locally and what's going on systemically. So these are, um, you know, powerful regenerative cells throughout the body. So let's just look at this one type of stem cell. When we were born, every one in 10,000 cells is a mesenchymal stem cell, MSC. And when we reach our teenage years, it's already become one in a hundred thousand. So you got mm. tenfold less, you know, proportion wise. And then when you reach your forties, it becomes one in 400,000. When you reach your eighties, it becomes one in 2 million. So you can see wow. the engine is dimming, right? You're losing your capability to regenerate. That's why you got, you know, on the surface, you see all the skin, you know, sagging and wrinkling, you know, hair, mm -hmm. all these external changes. But what people are not seeing is the interior changes in all mm -hmm. your organs. Everything has wrinkling, has wrinkled up and, and, you know, <laughs> and, you know it just, that's it everywhere. So there's an attrition rate. We were born with that many stem cells. And what, as we activate them, and as we live our lives, as we're taking on all the environmental insults, they fight our battles and they die. They just don't live forever. So even though they have the ability to replenish themselves, but still they can, they, 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 you know, there, there's a lifespan for them. 
Um, so that's just a factor of life that we're we're running out of out of the juice. <laughs> that, that <runs> us. <laughs> what's uh, what's interesting to me is uh, you know not too long ago, um, you know we pr- we pretty much couldn't live past like the 30s or 40s, right? And, you know, with the uh, evolution of uh, discovering antibiotics, penicillin, the industrial revolution, all these technological advances, we keep, uh, you know, having longer lives, right? So I'm curious, you know, with your work in anti-aging and regenerative medicine, you know, how, how long, you know, can a human being live to, right? And how long do you feel um, should they live to, right? Because you have this balance of quality of life, um, you know, uh, a bit like functionality, you know, because, you know, as we age, we go into, we, you know, we file for disability. We, you know, we do all these different things. And it almost seems like the longer we live, um, you know, in a way that X and Y axis of that quality of life, you know, seems to not really find itself. So where do you, where do you think the human being... Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you are interested in having a consultation with me and actually see me one-on-one, the Chef Doc Lifestyle Medicine uh, practice has partnered with Plant-Based Telehealth and uh, we offer uh, lifestyle medicine consultations. So you'll be able to see me one-on-one and uh, I can go over your health history and seeing what we can do to fill in the gaps. Uh, we can talk about your physical health, anything from food to lifestyle to diet to setting up your kitchen to cooking preparation to grocery shopping to your mental health. Um, I think it's important that we build our emotional resilience to talking about your sleep and how to stay hydrated and what are the best uh, medicines if necessary, what are the best supplementations if necessary. And we do all this in a very concise manner and it's a conversation. I take the time out to listen. I take the time out to really understand you from the ground up and to look at all aspects um, of your physical, emotional, and mental health. And um, please, you know, uh, drop me a line, schedule an appointment if you want to see me one-on-one. And um, I am very, very looking forward to learning more about you. And again, thank you so much for visiting uh, here uh, at The Chef Doc. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So, so yeah. I don't have direct human data, but I do have animal data. Um, okay. So they've done studies on animals, rats and mice, and the result has been pretty consistent. When they give regular IV stem cell infusions to these animals, um, starting at a middle age, um, so maybe human age equivalent, you know, mid 40s, um, they were able to extend their lifespan for about 30%. So that has been consistent, 30% extension. And it's not just extending lifespan, it's extending health span. So these rats, comparing to their peers that did not get stem cells, they are looking, you know, healthy with nice furs, you know, shiny furs, straight spine. They're moving around nicely. They're able to do the maze and their cognition is good. <laughs> so so it's, it's a, it, you know, they are having a good, you know, my mouse life. Good time. Good. <laughs> good time. Like I'm good. So 
you know, they were talking about um, how when the last mice died uh, in the control group, you know, hunched over, you know, barely moving, you know, very poor fur, and how all the mice that got stem cells are still running around, you know, like, like there's nothing like they're still youthful. So, so that um, from the animal perspective, so they were giving older animals, younger animals, um, uh, umbilical, I mean, uh, uh, stem cells. Um, there's even a case where they were giving human stem cells. So stem cells, even across species can still exert incredible benefits. So we, we are not all that different, you know, from the rest of the, of the animal kingdom, you know, not that different, but I, I'm not a proponent of using animal, you know, stem cells. I think they're perfectly good human stem cells. There's no reason to go for animal stem cells, but, um, for they've done also they've done in humans they've done uh frailty studies so when people reach you know advanced age 75 80 you know they're very frail easily they lose their balance and their muscle tones are very poor and um how giving stem cells was able to reduce their more more you know morbid morbidity and improve mm-hmm. their quality of lives. And what's fascinating is, is not just that we are observing that these animals are living uh, younger, they seem to be younger, they've done uh, direct analysis of their tissue. So they were dissecting, uh, taking out their muscle tissue or brain tissue, they were analyzing acetylcholine levels, um, uh, different growth factor levels, different inflammation markers, you know, biological waste product markers. So everything that marks the elevation of age, um, when you give stem cells, they all have come down to the younger level. So Mm -hmm. that was pretty, pretty, you know, powerful evidence of the anti-aging benefits. Mm. Does it, in a way, um, does it replace, it, it almost sounds like machinery is replaced or is it, is it just kind of like if you think about like a garden patch, right? And you're trying to, you have, you know, one an old set of, you know, let's just say carrots, right? And, you know, is, would you say, would the analogy be correct where we're replacing older carrots with new carrots? Or are we, you know, just adding additional carrots, would you say? <laughs> That's an interesting analogy. Um, so if you're thinking of carrots as, as the stem cells, you, you know, uh, then we're, we're giving new, fresh, new carrots. But if you think carrots are, are, are the human body itself, then we're just adding the right, the right ingredient um, to make the carrots younger, I guess. So that's, gotcha. Yeah. But we're definitely we're 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 this is the first time in history we're able to add these new engines in the body. We didn't even know mm. what it was. I mean, I know mm. in in history people had eaten placenta before, but I don't mm. think that does you a whole lot of good. You're just digesting a lot of protein. But this is when we're able to preserve the live cells with active DNA, and we put in the body and let that intelligence go to work. So that's Mm. why it's so revolutionary. Mm. That's awesome. Uh, What can you give us some examples on the type of conditions that you treat in your office? Okay. So first of all, big disclaimer, uh, I cannot claim to, to treat, prevent any conditions using stem cells because the, there has no, been no FDA 
approval, except for one condition, which is blood reconstitution. So mm-hmm. if somebody has blood cancer, some kind of blood disorder, they can, you know, you know, take out your your bone marrow, you know, completely shut it off, and then they replenish with with new stem cells. So that's the only FDA indication. Everything else is off label. Um, so that said, um, I have seen great success in, um, in different conditions. So I tell people, you know, even if a person comes to me with a obscure condition that no one has done research on, I look at how the condition came about the pathophysiology, right? What caused it? So if there's inflammation as part of the picture, if there's immune dysregulation as part of the picture, if there's tissue damage, and if there's, you know, possible fibrosis, you know, scarring, and if there's poor blood supply. So any of these things, the stem cells can potentially be helpful because those are their mechanisms of action. They can promote mm-hmm. blood vessel formation. They can break down scar tissue. They can salvage damaged cells, prevent them from going on a program cell death. They can de- decrease inflammation. They can balance the immune system. They also have anti-cancer properties. They can directly kill cancer. They have antimicrobial properties. They can secrete mm. antimicrobial peptides. So all these are the mechanism of action. So when I look at a patient, I'm I'm never going to say yes. You know, stem cells will treat this condition, but I would say this is how the stem cells work, and let's see if we can improve your function. So then I have improved functions for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, including people with uh, COPD on oxygen tank and a lot of medications, getting off oxygen, um, getting off almost all medications, uh, people with autoimmune conditions with uh, such as lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, psoriasis, uh, getting their quality of life back, being able to go back to work, doing really well, including... um, been uh, marker free, like uh, this one lady, lupus marker yeah. completely free. Mm. And um, I've helped people with end stage liver disease who was in hospice and it was completely, uh, I mean, he went back two months later, all the, um, all the levels were normalized. So this is somebody that had maybe a couple months to live in hospice. So that was really drastic. Um, help people with a different, um, um, of course, musculoskeletal issue, that's kind of the bread and butter, you know, of the musculoskeletal repair um, and people with, um, um, you know, chronic, you know, cardiac issues, um, atherosclerosis. I've helped people with um, osteoporosis um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and and autism uh, and neurological diseases like Alzheimer's, ALS, Parkinson's. MS. So it's a very it's a wide huge, field. sounds like it's a very broad and uh, a lot of variety. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, um, I like what you said in terms of, um, you know, if we can understand the mechanisms in terms of the pathways of how that disease arrives, then you can pretty much figure out, okay, you know, this is where stem cell could be indicated and where it could not be indicated. So let's ask that, you know, who is it not for? Um, are there any major side effects or any contraindications? So 
I think when I first got into the field, um, there was one of the only contraindication if, if somebody had recent, has existing or recent cancer, like recent within the last five years, because of the uh, concern of stem cells um, promoting growth, making everything grow. But the more I look into the scientific literature, the more I realize that, you know, the, the evidence of promoting growth um, is mostly from cells that are from a person's own body that has lost a lot of intelligence that are not able to detect that a cell is cancer cell. And so it's telling everything to grow. But if you look at umbilical cord derived stem cells, um, the, the overwhelming evidence is actually anti-cancer. So it helps get rid of cancer. I mean, there's one study that can't, it can be more, you know, obvious. They had, um, these cancer cells in a petri dish or on animal's body. So both in vitro and in vivo. Um, so these are glioblastoma multiforme cancer cells. And then they put either umbilical cord derived MSCs next to these cancer cells, or they put fat derived MSCs next to the cancer cells. When the fat derived MSCs are next to cancer cells, the cancer were growing, kept growing. Now, mm -hmm. local core MSCs next to cancer cells, the cancer starts to go away. That's mm -hmm. how drastically different they are. Um, so, so then um, later on, realizing the differences between these, these different types and, and the possible anti-cancer um, properties of the, these cells, I no longer consider them a contraindication. I still inform patients that this has been reported, this has been a concern, that you understand that, that this is a potential risk, even though the risk is extremely small. But yeah. I inform patients. So it's, it's, it's up to them to decide. Um, I've done IV stem cells on myself every three months for the last six years. And my belief is that if I do have any cancer cells, which we don't have floating around in my bloodstream or anywhere, that these new cells are going to get rid of them. So that's that's just you know what I believe and from what I've seen from the scientific studies. Um, so so that is one aspect. And then um, the only other people I'm kind of cautious about are people who tend to have hypersensitivity to a lot of things. So these are people who tend to have hyperhistamine reactions. They are breaking out in a rash with a lot of things, not only things from the environment, from food, but also from medications. So, so these are the people I'm more cautious about because they, they just, they break out with a lot of things. They're just one, one, they're just one big puff, red, swollen, inflamed <laughs> ball walking around. <laughs> I know. I feel so sorry for, you know, people with that kind of condition, but um, I do give them something to calm the histamine system before I do the stem cells. So it's not really a contraindication, but something that I'm cautious about. Um, if someone is really concerned, then maybe we'll, we'll reconsider some other, other ways doing it, including possibly exosomes. Mm, okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, this has been an enlightening conversation. Um, if I gave you a crystal ball, Dr. Joy, uh, where do you foresee the future of regenerative medicine? Can we get to the point where, you know, uh, we can be like a starfish where an arm gets cut off and we can grow back our arm? <laughs> or is that still, you know, still sci-fi, you know, uh, what do you, what do you think, where do you see the future? I think we're going to get there. Yeah. But we're so far away from that. 
because um, <clears throat> right now, even, even though stem cell therapy has been around for 20 years, has probably one of the most incredible positive results from all these research. I mean, it's incredibly encouraging in all these conditions and has minimal, almost just such minimal side effects with all these research is still not FDA approved. We're facing way more obstacles right now to popularize, to really bring this to people. So um, I, I don't think as a natural therapy that is helping people to stay healthy and, and helping them getting off medications, that's really um, giving pharmaceutical companies any encouragement, you know, that, and, and they can't, it's very difficult to patent natural substance. So there's no, not very much incentive. So by the time some big pharma de decide to manipulate the cells and patent it, the price is going to be probably sky high. So when we have perfectly natural therapies without manipulation that we can give to people to produce these incredible results. Um, so that has been in a sense suppressed. Um, so that's what we're facing, but people want it. This is a grassroots movement. People come to me all the time. People find me because they're desperate because their doctors are not helping them enough. They have no hope for a better life. So, so people want it. And I can't tell you how many times a doctor was telling me, Hey, can you teach me how to do stem cell treatment? Uh, my patient is asking for it. So I have a patient who really wants to do this. So because people want it and we doctors have to catch up. So eventually, either as a country, we wake up, we want to save people's lives instead of just watching the bottom dollar amount. Um, or we fall behind other countries who are willing to take the extra mile, who are willing to to just, you know, put people's health first. Um, then other people are going to be ahead of us. You know, Americans will be traveling to other countries to get stem cell treatment. And, and yeah. to some point that people are already doing that. Um, so that's one potential direction. But when we come to the general direction of stem cells, I do believe that hopefully within, you know, 15, 20 years, uh, stem cell therapy is going to be as commonplace as antibiotics. You know, I use antibiotics because it's used everywhere. Everyone accepts it. And you use antibiotic for prophylaxis, right? Before you go to surgery, you take one. You don't think twice. Yeah, okay, it's good for me. I'm not going to get infected. It's going to be the same thing for stem cell therapy. You're going to take it regularly. So you slow down the aging process. You're younger. You're more vibrant. Your brain function better. And you are, you're living a higher quality of life. And then if you do get sick, then take some extra stem cells. That's going to help you to fight. <laughs> To fight the condition, right? You just got. Yeah. And if you are trying to get surgery, which, you know, it's always going to happen, you know, we, we hurt ourselves and sometimes it's needed, then do some stem cell prophylaxis, right? Stem cell pretreatment. So your surgical outcome is going to be so much better and you're going to heal two or three times faster. So it's going to be part of the even the surgical realm. So I just think one day it's going to be it's going to be no big deal. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, um you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, at least 
introducing the idea, understanding, you know, the capabilities of it, of a certain modality and how we can integrate that. Um, I think there is more than one pathway to, you know, healing, natural healing, um, optimal wellness. Um, and I think that, you know, we're in, we're, we're in a country that is almost what, if not 20% of our gross domestic product um, eating up by, you know, trillions and trillions of healthcare, you know, costs. Um, each one of these chronic diseases are in the billions, um, you know, and uh, we need to find better solutions. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree that we need to catch up. Uh, we need to, you know, think in the box, outside of the box, you know, and do, you know, a little bit of non-traditional work within a, you know, traditional setting. Um, so yeah, um, Dr. Joy, it, it's been a pleasure. Um, one final question before a uh, couple of questions actually is, um, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, you believe in holistic care. So for yourself, uh, what are some routines and habits that you practice on your own, um, you know, to be, you know, better optimize, uh, your day so you can get up out of bed and, you know, get yourself raring to go for the day ahead. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think eating healthy definitely is number one. So I eat a plant-based diet. You know, I, I can incorporate some, you know, animal protein, healthy sources once in a while, but I mostly focus on plant-based diet and, um, and just nutrient dense. And, um, um, I exercise every day. So I do believe we need to move our body every day. So whatever form of exercise you can put in, you know, you can walk, I do Pilates, I do Zumba dance. So everything that, that, that is, you know, whatever that inspires you, us humans, we we're, we're meant to move. So that's really important for our health. And then I love infrared sauna, which helps detoxify the body. You know, detoxification is really important, especially in this current, um, you know, environment. <laughs> yeah. And I, I use some energy therapies, you know, red light therapy. I do inversion table where I, you know, improve mm. the flow of my brain. And yeah, so there are different hacks. I do use some peptides sometimes, um, some IV infusions and definitely IV stem cells on myself. Um, I, I, you know, I, I can show pictures of me comparing to what I looked like seven years ago, I look a lot younger, uh, even though I'm supposed to be aging seven years. So um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it, all these are my tricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, the goal is to really live a fuller, high quality of life. And, uh, you know, um, you know, here we talk about the foundations and pillars. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's also important to see what else is out there, you know, and, uh, you know, for me personally, it's not the first time I've heard of this, but for our audiences, you know, some of us, it is. So with that in mind, how do people find you? Uh, where are you based and how do they reach out to you? Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, so in San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, my clinic is actually behind me, says Uplift Longevity Center. So um, they can just uh, find us on upliftcenter.com. So uplift with a Y. And, uh, and I have a YouTube channel that I provide a lot more information on stem cell therapy. I actually just did a, a new video yesterday on five common mistakes that doctors make when they do stem cell therapy, because I've seen that over and over again. So I just felt like I need to share. But there are a lot of nuances to stem cell therapy, including, you know, how do you how do you look at other people's DNA in your body? What about the different stages healing in stem cell therapy? What about, you know, stem cell therapy overseas? Are they better? So I cover all those mm. subjects. So the, the 
channel is just Joy Kong MD. Um, so people can, you know, go on and, and peruse. And I also started podcast. So I'm interviewing some really wonderful people. Um, so yeah, so it's a fun channel. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Joy, um, it has been a pleasure, um, you know, for uh, you to share and enlighten us uh, with uh, anti-aging, regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy. Um, I look forward to see where it continues to advance and, uh, you know, maybe kind of do this whole uh, Benjamin Button <laughs> type of scenario. <laughs> you should. This is the first time I, I don't know, this. but I, I, I already keep getting the question, you know, uh, you know, when do you, you know, did you just graduate yesterday? So, <laughs> <laughs> but I tell people this is the first time in history that we can actually reverse aging. You know, you can be the most powerful kings and queens, and doesn't matter who you are in the history. You're getting older and you're you're declining, and this is the first time we have this really really powerful tool. So utilize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's super super exciting. So definitely check her out. Um, Dr. Joy, thank you again. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching this episode. If you like this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And until then, please say goodbye to Dr. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one. <laughs>